Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by me, Tony Liebert. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Liebert. For today's episode, the Gophers are now three-time Quicklane Bowl champions. They defeated the Bowling Green Eagles 30-24 to in the 2024 Quicklane Bowl. And Darius Taylor is your game's MVP. P.J. Fleck moves to 5-0 and in bowl games as the Gophers head coach in Minnesota now wins seven consecutive bowl games. So, we're going to break it all down. My takeaways from the game. A little bit of an overarching talk about bowl games in general. Um, With P.J. Fleck having so much success, it's something that gets talked about often. And especially in college basketball nowadays, uh, bowl games in general have a lot of people have a lot of opinions. How much do they matter? All this stuff. So, right off the top, Biggest takeaway from the game is that Darius Taylor is still Darius Taylor. The last time he played in a college football game, it was against Iowa on the road on October 21st, so a long time ago. And he came back better than ever. A career-high 208 rushing yards on 35 attempts. One touchdown, 5.9 yards per carry. And he also added two receptions for 11 yards. So he was absolutely tremendous once again. Now, he has four career games that he started and finished. We all know week one, he only played like one snap, had one carry against Nebraska. Then the Eastern Michigan game, the North Carolina game, the Northwestern game. And then that Iowa game, he came out early. So those three games in the middle of the season... And now this one, he has four games that he started and finished. In those games, he has averaged 30.3 carries for 184.3 yards per game, and he has five total touchdowns. So um, he also has had a reception in every game and at least 11 receiving yards. He's had eight total receptions for some quick math here that is... 57 receiving yards, I believe. So, really just dynamic player. Um, Talked about him enough early in the year, how special of a talent he is. Uh, I truly believe that he will be the top returning running back in the in the Big Ten next season. Uh, Kyle Manungai from Rutgers is pretty good. Uh, Donovan Edwards might return. I, I don't know. Nick Singleton and Katron Allen from Penn State are pretty good. But Darius Taylor is another level, in my opinion. He's going to get the workload, and uh, he's next in line, uh, as we all know, to be the next gopher great at the running back position. I think this game showed how important and valuable it was for um, the gophers and P.J. Fleck to get him to return in 2024. He will be a building block of this team for 2024 and hopefully 2025 in his true junior season. Um, Just 
tremendous athlete. Uh, he was playing in front of his home crowd in Michigan. Um, he said he had over 100 family members in attendance there. I love the picture of him on the podium wearing the shades and the DT chain. He's got the aura. He's got the skills. He's the full package. And um, this team and this program, you football's a player sport, I believe. Uh, college football maybe might be a little more of a uh, coach's sport, but players take you where you want to go, and the Gophers are going to need to get on Darius Taylor's back, and he's going to take them as far as they need to go next season. But when you say that, the interesting thing is P.J. Fleck loves to give his running backs way too many carries, in my opinion. Um, I thought it was a little bold of uh, him to get 35 carries in his first football game in two and a half months, um, especially when he missed seven games due to injury. I thought that was just an odd strategy. Uh, obviously, you only have one other scholarship running back on your roster. But Cole Kramer and Jordan Newman had six combined carries. Those are two guys that can run the ball a little bit more. I would have liked to see maybe Darius Taylor at 25 instead of 35, but nevertheless, that's just nitpicking. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I feel like I was a little too hard on the Gophers for some reason. I, I just woke up in a weird mood today. But um, wonderful performance. Gets you excited for 2024. As for the other players on the team, I, anyone watching the game, the clear second biggest storyline was Cole Kramer and his uh, future wife. Um, I thought it was incredibly obnoxious. Might have been more obnoxious than any Taylor Swift cameo I've seen in an NFL game this year. Uh, that announcer had an uncomfortable fascination with Cole Kramer's uh, wife, in my opinion. Cool um, storyline to mention at the start of the game. Maybe mention it one other time, um, but he mentioned it about 70,000 times, and I thought it was a little much. But nevertheless, Holt Kramer had quite the interesting game. 8 of 16 for 26 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Um, did what he needed to do. Uh, I don't, if you, had, if you had high expectations for him, I, that would have been a little weird. Um, really odd situation having a guy make his only career start in the bowl game, but uh, cool situation, something that he's going to be able to tell his grandkids about, and uh, glad it worked out for all parties involved. As for the other things that make an impact on this team in the future, on the offense, um, in the receiving room, I, very interesting um performance from that position group. Brevin Spanford obviously didn't play. Chris Hoppenbell didn't play. Tyler Newbin didn't play. A lot of those stars, uh, longtime seniors did not play. But Elijah Spencer, he had two catches, five yards and a touchdown, his third touchdown of the season. Earlier this week, he announced that he is returning in 2024 with Dinky Town Athletes. So he could have a much expanded role next season, so that's an interesting one to look out for there. Um, Paul Kramer's not a player he's obviously going to have any chemistry with because Kramer's not going to be there, but um, great to see him get involved, and Jameson Gears as Paul Kramer only had 26 passing yards. He did have two touchdowns, one of the weirdest stat lines ever, but uh, Jameson Gears had his 
I believe third and fourth career catch. One of them went for a touchdown. So uh, he could have an expanded role with Brevin Spanford out the door next season. So that was good to see. I thought the offensive line played well at times, struggled at times. Um, kind of the same story all season. Um, will be interesting to watch that position group next year to see what they do at center. Um, that'll certainly be an off-season storyline. As for the defensive side of the ball, they dealt with the most opt-outs by far, especially in the back end. Um, Darius Green and Tyler Newbin not playing. Therefore, true freshman Kerry Brown thrusted into his first start of his career. Redshirt freshman Coleman Bryson thrusted into another bowl game start after last year, getting the Pinstripe Bowl MVP. Defensive MVP. Um, they both kind of had up and down games. Uh, they let up. Uh, it looked like Justin Wally got burnt at the start of the game. I th- think he simply just was not used to not having Tyler Newbin back there, in my opinion. Um, so that's obviously something they got to work through, but um, not any long term issue. But they they looked like young players, which is kind of expected. And Bowling Green would be a very poorly ran program if they didn't take advantage of that. But there were still some impressive performances from young players. Tyler Stolsky, true freshman, preferred walk on second career start at the linebacker position, had six total tackles and one sack. He played well. Um. Coleman Bryson and Kerry Brown did have five total tackles each. Um, and the defensive line played well. Jod Joyner had one of his better games of the season. He had two sacks, adding to his season total. He looked very impressive. The defensive line is something that will be interesting to look at going into next season, specifically the edge position with Joyner, Strigow, Logan Redding, Anthony Smith all coming back. And Quindario Lee also committing to the program. But overall, solid performance. Um, It really encapsulated the whole season. A six-point win over Bowling Green is nothing to write home about. There were some odd decisions. I got a little fixated on the first touchdown and point after attempt, deciding to run a speed option with Dragon Kesich really made no sense to me. I'm not a big fan of uh, faking punts, faking kicks. If you're you want to go for it, just go for it with your offense. Um, I understand it's a bowl game, but that's bowl games meant to improve. You're not improving anything doing that. Um, I, I. In years past, giving it to Daniel Fale when it's third and goal on the one-inch line, a little better strategy. I just thought it was odd strategy in that position. Um, You can give, I guess, Dragon Kessich a little more props for his good season in different areas. If that's what you wanted to do, I just thought it was odd in my opinion. But again, very minute play that... um, Those are things that I get bothered by too much that uh, PJ Fleck wasting his three timeouts before the nine minute mark in the second quarter. That's another thing that I just, I just don't know how you do that. Um, That's just poor coaching and every sense of the word. Um, 
That's just not putting your team in position to succeed. You made you're running your uh, freshman running back into the ground. You're wasting your timeouts. You're going for weird two point conversions. Just an oddly coached bowl game, in my opinion. It was, but it was kind of the whole PJ Fleck experience. It was the whole 2023 Gophers experience. Um, there, like Darius Taylor's one positive you can take from this game. Um. But I honestly, after that, I don't really know what else there is. Um, you covered against Bowling Green. You beat them. If you lost to them, I would have been like, okay, this isn't good. But kind of going into my other conversation, like what, what, what's the point of bowl games now? Um, I'm a believer that I think bowl games still hold a valuable place in college football. There, I believe there's nothing wrong with having 41 bowl games, having a five and seven Minnesota team play in a bowl game. People are dramatic and they're like, ah, this is the end of the world, participation trophy, blah, blah, blah. But it gives players an an extra game to play. Like, what else are they going to be doing? Um, And everyone talks about the practices you get, the bowl prep, all that stuff. It's just, like you had three weeks to prep for this game, and that was the best game plan you could have. It just made real not much sense to me. Uh, I had I almost left with more questions that I entered. Um, but players like Tyler Stolsky, Harry Brown, Coleman Bryson, they all get some increased playing time. But I don't know how much they're any of those guys are going to play next year. So I don't really know. How much that benefits you? Um, I th- uh, Tyler Stolsky at best would be linebacker for next year. Um, Coleman Bryson is going to be in a battle with Coy Parrish and Kerry Brown and Aiden Goosby for the second safety spot alongside Darius Green. Um, so you get those guys a little more developmental time, which helps. They get live game reps. And but I just don't know how much the it's something that I've been trying to work through is how much the result of this game matters. People are gonna talk about how PJ Flex undefeated in bowl games, and I just don't see how that really matters. This win didn't get you like as a program, if you're a good coach, you don't get complacent. And you're always looking to build towards something. You're always looking to improve as a program. You've shown you can win meaningless bowl games. I say meaningless with quotes. Um, that's what people call them. I don't see them as meaningless. You've shown that you can win the quick lane bowl. You've shown you can win the pinstripe bowl, win the guaranteed rate bowl. Can you get back to a bowl game later this week? Like the Music City Bowl, like the Outback Bowl. That's now, I think, the ReliQuest Bowl, maybe. Um, but can you get to a game against a non-MAC team? Um, I think it was important for the Gophers to beat Bowling Green because a loss would have really hurt the image of this season and this program, in my opinion. But it just... 
it's weird watching a bowl game in 2023 because you're watching that and you're like, why should I be invested in this? Well, the reason I love college football is it feels like all the games matter in the regular season. You're like, this, like, don't know what a bowl game gets you. And that's the, kind of the whole point is it's supposed to be a celebration of the season. And it, it's kind of like its whole own season, almost. I personally don't think a bowl should count to your all-time record because it's way different prep, especially now with all the players opting out and everything. Um, because the PJ Fleck defenders are going to count his bowl games into his resume, so to speak. And I just don't know how valuable that is because this, the fact that this game five years from now counts as much as beating Iowa on the road or Auburn in the Outback Bowl or Wisconsin on the road. It just doesn't make much sense to me, but it's kind of like a week one non-conference game versus Western Illinois. That's what this game was. But you get a trophy. People, You get people tweeting how you're 5-0 and in bowl games, how you're the bowl game whisperer. Something that I think PJ Fleck thoroughly enjoys. It's just I think this entire game at this point, a few hours after the game, really just encapsulates where the program is. They can beat teams they're supposed to beat sometimes, not all the time. Like they'll lose to Bowling Green sometimes, but and people are gonna celebrate and they're gonna be like, oh, that was fun. It was fun. It, it was an enjoying game to watch. There was a lot of stuff going on. But like this team still has all of the issues they had when they lost to Wisconsin. This team still would have lost to Wisconsin. Obviously, you're without Tyler Newman, Brevin Spanford, Chris Ottmabell, Maverick Baranowski. All, all the injuries you had, you still had in this game. But it, it's just you're you're always looking to improve as a person, as a program, all this stuff. I just don't know how much they improved in this game. I, I don't know what this game accomplished. I'm kind of rambling saying that it, it just after this game, I think to myself, what did that mean? If they win a Big Ten game, you're it just seems so much more valuable. And the fact that you had a quarterback that's leaving the program probably tomorrow, the fact that you Tyler Newbin, Brevin Spanford, Chris Ottenbell are all preparing for the NFL draft tomorrow. Made this game odd. Um, I, I just left the game a very odd feeling. And I think watching a 5-7 and seven team play a 7-5 and five MAC team in Detroit will tend to do that to a man. And I, I just don't know what my reaction is supposed to be. Um. If I tweeted out these thoughts, people would have a thought of why I'm reacting like this, why I'm saying that this game really didn't mean much. But people were saying, oh, it doesn't mean anything. Go for two and have your punter or your kicker run around on two-point conversions. Well, if it if it doesn't mean anything, why is your running back having 35 carries? It just it seemed like the Gophers were contradicting themselves the whole game. And then it just, I don't know. 
I I let the I I got too invested in the quick lend bowl, and I, I'm letting it bother me too much. I don't think it really means a whole lot for the program, negative or bad, at the end of the day. And they just kind of moved to the offseason because if they didn't play in this game, it really wouldn't have changed much. But now PJ Fleck can say he's been in a bowl game three straight years, five and zero, oh, all this stuff. But I just don't know how important that is nowadays. So. Um, I, I, I'm leaving with a weird taste in my mouth. It was an interesting game. I think there's still a lot of issues when it comes to play calling. Um, I, I, you can't judge them too much when you have your backup quarterback that's literally getting married in 40 days that they told us a hundred times. But you have to judge a little bit because they're getting paid to coach, and now the players are getting paid to play too, so... Um, people yell at me if I have an opinion that they're running a two-point conversion, like rinky-dink football. It just, it kind of just seemed like it was all over the place. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I In sports, a team takes the identity of their head coach so much, in my opinion. And I feel like P.J. Flex all over the place right now. Um... Having no defensive coordinator, Danny Collins calling the plays, a safeties coach, that was cool. It just it just seems like everything's all over the place. Maybe I'm all over the place, but it seemed like a weird game. I could go on for hours about why this game befuddled me and confused me, but it was it was a it was an interesting game. The Gophers are now three time quick lane bowl champs. And we look ahead to 2024. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Hopefully we have a Gophers new defensive coordinator news to break down in the coming weeks. But um, it's now the offseason officially. So uh, episodes will become less and less. I'll try to get some interviews on here. But appreciate you guys listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.